This uh, retreat, therefore, we shall be uh, practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness of breathing. Mindfulness of walking. Mindfulness of eating, and so on. The practice of mindfulness, like uh, your regret, because your mind is uh, focusing only on one thing, that is uh, our in-breath. At the same time, we release our fear, our uncertainty about future. And we are freer, much freer. So three or four seconds of breathing in can bring us quite a bit of freedom. Freedom from the past, freedom from the future, freedom from our projects, our anger, and so on. Because uh, while breathing in, we focus our attention only on our in-breath. And you don't have to suffer while we breathe in. In fact, it's very pleasant to breathe in. We have lungs still in good condition. The air is not too bad. So it is a pleasure to breathe in. And there is uh, the energy of mindfulness that is born during the time you breathe in. It's okay. Mindfulness is always mindfulness of something. And when you practice breathing in and out mindfully, that is called mindfulness of breathing. When you practice walking mindfully, that is called mindfulness of walking. And when you eat your breakfast mindfully, that is called mindfulness of eating. The energy of mindfulness generated by the breathing or the walking help you to be there, well established in the present moment. So breathing in, you bring your mind home to your body. And you need only two, three seconds in order to, to do that, bringing our mind home to our body. And when mind and body are together, you are well established in the present moment. And life, joy, happiness, and peace are available in the present moment. Life with all the wonders that all refreshing and healing elements are available in the present moment. Because the past is already gone and the future is not yet there. That is why the present moment is the only moment when you can be truly alive.
You are not lost in the past. You are not lost in the future. And to go home to the present moment, that's easy. You need to breathe in mindfully and bring your mind home to your body. And you are in touch with all the wonders of life uh, that are there. Breathing in can be a very uh, pleasant thing to do. Those of us who are used to the practice of mindful breathing, we find uh, breathing in mindfully uh, very pleasant. And when you breathe in mindfully, you get in touch with something. You get in touch with your body. When you spend two hours with your computer, you forget entirely that you have a body. And when mind is not with the body, you are not truly alive. You are lost in your work, in your worry, in your fear, in your projects. So to breathe in mindfully and bring mind home to a body, become fully alive fully present, and we are in a situation to touch the wonders of life. And our body is the first wonder of life. It contains Mother Earth, Father Sun, the stars, and everything, including our ancestors. Uh, breathing in, I know I have a body. And our body is a wonder. So you can enjoy having a body. But while breathing in and touch your body, you notice that there is a tension and pain in your body. You would like to do something in order to help your body feel better because we might have uh, allowed tension to be accumulated a little bit too much in our body. We have worked our body too hard. So when while breathing in, if we notice that there is tension in our body, and then while breathing out, we may like to allow the tension to be released from our body. And that is one of the most uh, uh, practiced uh, exercise of mindful breathing. Breathing in, I'm aware of my body and the tension in my body. Breathing out, I release the tension in my body. And this practice is possible when you sit in a car, when you sit in a train, Everywhere, you can practice uh, mindful breathing to be aware of your body and to release the tension in your body. Of course, uh, this exercise can be practiced uh, in any kind of position, sitting, lying down, walking, standing. You can always enjoy the practice of mindful breathing and release the tension in our body. And if we do it well, 
we can transmit the practice to our students because they also have a lot of tension in their body. There are school teachers uh, who, who begin their class by breathing in and out mindfully with their students. It takes a few minutes, one or two or three, and they are trying to together to be there and to release the tension in their body, and that helps uh, with the work of teaching and learning. And we know that uh, we don't have to be a Buddhist in order to breathe in mindfully, breathe out mindfully. <laughs> there is another energy that goes along with mindfulness. That is uh, concentration. When you are mindful of something, when you are very mindful of something, you are naturally concentrated on that something. Look at that flower. If we, f if we focus our mind on the flower, we are mindful that the flower is there as a wonder. Breathing in, I'm aware of the presence of that flower. And if we continue, to be mindful of the flower, we are concentrated on it. So the energy of concentration is born from the energy of uh, mindfulness, and that makes us uh, focus more uh, attention. Uh, insight is the kind of understanding, is the kind of awakening and inside mind happened in just a few seconds of mindfulness and concentration. Suppose we, uh, <clears throat> suppose we practice uh, breathing in mindfully, breathing in mindfully, I know I am alive. I am alive is an insight. Many people are there, but they are not aware that they are there, they are, uh, they are alive. Albert Camus, that uh, French uh, novelist, he spoke uh, about uh, uh, a person who was uh, about to be executed because he had killed someone and spending his time in, uh, in his cell in the prison. Suddenly, uh, he saw the blue sky through a skylight. And it was the first time he saw the blue sky like that. Of course, he had seen the blue sky many times. But this is the first time he saw the blue sky so deeply because he had that kind of awareness. Le moment de la conscience. Moment de conscience. And uh, 
he only had a few days in order to leave before the execution. And a Catholic priest uh, came in order to perform the ritual that is needed for a dying person. He did not want to allow the priest to come because he, he believed that he is awake. He is alive, but the priest is not alive. That mindfulness inhabits him, but not the priest. And he said about uh, there are people who live like dead people. If we come uh, a more, there are people around us, but they are not truly alive. They carry their dead body and circulate around us because they are not inhabited by the energy of mindfulness. So when you breathe in, that insight comes. Breathing in, I know I am alive. To be knowing that you are alive is already an insight. And to be alive is a miracle. It is a miracle to be alive. And that is the greatest of all miracles. A person that is already dead does not breathe in anymore. And you who are breathing in, you are alive. So just breathing in, you touch the wonder, the fact that you are alive. And that is an insight. And that insight liberates you from forgetfulness, anger, fear, because life is so precious. And when you breathe out, you can already celebrate the fact that you are alive. Breathing in, I know I'm alive. Breathing out, I smile to life in me and around me. That is a celebration of life. And you need only two, three seconds in order to wake up to the fact that you are alive. You are walking on this beautiful planet. And every minute is precious. So mindfulness allows you to live deeply every moment that is given you to live. And mindfulness brings concentration and insight. That insight has the power to liberate you from the things that are not so important. You realize that to be alive and to witness to the wonders of life that are fully, that are fully present in the here and the now, is what you want the most. Breathing in, I know I have a body. Breathing out, I smile to my body because my body is my first true home. Breathing in, I know there is tension in my body. Breathing out, I allow the tension in my body to be released. That is 
something everyone can do at any time of the day. And it can become a habit, the habit of being relaxed, the habit of being peace, peaceful. And then the more insight will come. When you bring your mind home to your body, your mind becomes one with your body. And in that state of the oneness of body and mind, you can recognize the many conditions of happiness that are already there. Many of us think that uh, happiness is not possible now. We don't believe it. We think that we should run into the future and get some more conditions of happiness. Most of us think and behave like that. But with mindfulness, we can establish ourselves in the present moment and we can realize that we have so many conditions of happiness that are already available and more than enough for us to be joyful and to be happy right here and right now. If we take a sheet of paper and write down the conditions of happiness that you have, one page is not enough, two pages are not enough, three pages are not enough. Ten pages are not enough. You are very lucky. You are much luckier than many people on this planet. So mindfulness allowed us to recognize the many conditions of happiness that are available and that make you generate a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness easily and right away. Suppose we practice mindfulness of eyes. Breathing in, I'm aware of my eyes. Breathing out, I smile to my eyes. When I'm mindful of my eyes, I discover the inside that I have eyes still in good condition. If I open my mind, if I open my eyes, I can get in touch with the paradise of forms and colors. The paradise of forms and colors is available to me in the present moment because I have eyes still in good condition. For those of us who have lost our eyesight, our deepest desire may be to recover our eyesight in order to enjoy, just contemplate the paradise of forms and colors. So our eyes in good conditions is uh, one of the conditions of happiness. And breathing in and become aware, mindful of our eyes, help us to recognize one conditions of happiness. And if we continue like that, we see thousands of conditions of happiness in our body. Our heart still operates normally. Our lungs, our feet are strong enough for us to 
to walk and uh, climb. So many conditions of happiness inside of us and around us. More enough for you to generate a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness. Right here and right now, you don't need to run into the future to look for more conditions of happiness. So a good practitioner of mindfulness should be able to create a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness whenever she wants for her enjoyment, for her nourishment and healing. And school teachers can afford joy and happiness by the practice of mindfulness, of breathing, of walking. From your parking lot, walking to your school, you can enjoy every step. You can enjoy the practice of mindful walking. You can combine your breath and your steps. Breathing in, you might, you might like to make two steps. And you pay attention to the contact between your foot and the ground. Don't let uh, your mind here bring it down to the sole of uh, your foot and touch the, the ground mindfully. Walk as if you kiss the earth, mother earth, with your feet. You are mindful of Mother Earth. You are mindful of your touching Mother Earth with your foot. That can be very pleasant. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to make a, spe a special, effort, special effort in order to do so. And while you touch the ground with your foot, you can say, I have arrived. I have arrived. So you combine your in-breath with two steps. I have arrived. I have arrived. I have arrived at the destination of life, because life is, is in the here and the now. So I have arrived in the here and the now, where life is uh, available. So I have arrived means I have arrived in the present moment, in the here and the now, where life is available. You arrive with every step. You arrive with every breath. Because we, are, we have been running for our, our, uh, our whole life. We have uh, been sacrificing the present moment for the sake of the future. You are not capable of being happy right in the present moment. So now this is a kind of uh, revolution, kind of uh, um, uh, resistance. You resist uh, the running. You don't want to run anymore. You feel comfortable and at peace in the present moment. And that is why you pronounce the word, I have arrived, in the here and the now, where life is 
I don't want to run anymore. So mindfulness gives us enough strength in order to resist the running. The running has become a strong habit for most of us. So we stop running with every step. I have arrived. I have arrived. And for those of us who are used to the practice, we can arrive 100% to the here and the now. And when you can arrive 100% to the here and the now, you feel peace and happiness right away. So in the beginning, we might like to try slow walking meditation. Breathing in, you just make one step, not two steps. And you say, I have arrived. Invest all your mind and body into the step and try to arrive 100% into the here and the now. And if you have not arrived 100%, you might arrive only 20% or 25%. In that case, don't make another step. Stand here, breathe out, and breathe in again. Challenge yourself until you can arrive 100% in the here and the now. And then you smile, a smile of victory, and you make another step. I have arrived, I am home. My home is right here in the present moment. And if you know how to walk like that, touching the present moment deeply, you find out, like us, that the kingdom of God is available in the here and the now on earth. You don't have to die in order to go to the kingdom of God. It may be too late. But if you are inhabited by the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight, one step is enough for you to touch the kingdom of God in the here and the now. It's very healing, very nourishing. And from the parking lot, walk into your classroom, you can walk like that. And every step release the tension in your body. Every step uh, help you to enjoy uh, your body, the blue sky, the white cloud, the beautiful trees. You are in the kingdom of God. That flower belongs to the kingdom. For me, if you look deeply into a flower, you see the kingdom inside. You see the kingdom of God, and you see God in it. A flower, a tree, a cloud, Everything is a manifestation from the kingdom of God. And if you get in touch deeply with mindfulness and concentration, you get insight. You know that the kingdom is available in the here and the now. If you have some mindfulness, concentration, and then you, are, you have the kingdom. The kingdom 
the kingdom is available. The problem is whether you are available to the kingdom. You don't have to go and look for the kingdom elsewhere or in the future. It is right there. And to make yourself available to the kingdom, that's not too, too difficult. Just breathe in mindfully. Concentrating on your step. And you touch the kingdom. And with the practice, you touch the kingdom deeper and deeper every day. And the kingdom is happiness. And you realize that uh, true happiness is made of uh, mindfulness, concentration, and insight. True mindfulness is not made of uh, fame, power, wealth, and sex. Because there are those who have plenty of these four things, but they suffer very deeply. True happiness is made of understanding, insight, and love. And the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight bring you understanding, compassion, love, and joy. So a practitioner of mindfulness is capable of generating a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness whenever he wants. Because that energy of mindfulness help him to get in touch with the many conditions of happiness that are already available. Even the kingdom is available. So the practice of mindfulness uh, is the practice of joy. Is it an art of living? With mindfulness, concentration, and insight, you can always uh, generate a feeling of joy and happiness for yourself. And then with the energy of mindfulness, you can also handle a painful feeling a painful emotion. If uh, you do not have the energy of mindfulness, you'll be afraid of uh, being overwhelmed by the pain, the suffering inside. And that is why many of us are trying to run away from ourselves. We think that if we go home to ourselves, we have to encounter with the block of pain and sorrow and fear and despair in us. That is, a, that is why most of us are trying to run away from ourselves. And we try to consume in order to cover up the suffering inside. We try to eat something, we try to listen to music, we try to go to the internet, we try to pick up a newspaper, we try to do everything in order to get busy and not to have to encounter the loneliness, the despair, the anger inside of us. We are afraid of our own suffering. But those of us who know the practice of uh, mindfulness, we are not afraid because uh, 
generating the energy of mindfulness, we can go home with strength. That, with that energy of mindfulness, we can recognize the pain and embrace it tenderly. You can smile to your pain, your sorrow, your fear. And the suffering inside uh, should be, you know how to, how to handle. So mindfulness decide the power to help you to create joy and happiness and help you know how to suffer, how to handle pain and sorrow and fear in us. The way a mother uh, holding her baby, when the baby suffers, the mother picks the baby up and holds the baby tenderly like this. The mother is made of uh, tenderness. The mother does not know, uh, does not know yet why the baby suffers. But the fact that she is holding the baby tenderly like this can help the baby suffer less already. So the practitioner of mindfulness does very much the same. First of all, he recognizes the pain inside of him. And secondly, he holds, he embraces that, that, that pain tenderly. Breathing in, I know that anger is in me, that despair is in me. Breathing out, I smile and hold my anger mindfully and tenderly. And if you continue to breathe and to walk like that, embracing your fear, your anger, you suffer less after a few minutes of practice. Like the baby being held by the mother, suffer less. The fact is that if we know how to suffer, we suffer much less than other people. We are not overwhelmed by the suffering. And the way is simple. If uh, with the practice of mindful breathing, mindful walking, you have enough of that energy called mindfulness. And with that energy, you will not be overwhelmed by the pain inside. With that energy, you can recognize your pain and embrace it. Maybe in the beginning, we need uh, someone else to support us. Someone else sitting with us, working with us, breathing in mindfully, working mindfully, and lend us his or her energy of mindfulness. Because if we are a beginner in the practice, our mindfulness may, may not be strong enough to do the work of recognizing and holding the pain. So with a friend, with a co-practitioner doing the same, we are stronger. And if you have three friends, four, five, doing that, and then it's much easier for you to recognize the pain in you and to embrace the pain and suffer less after a few minutes of practice. If school teachers know how to do that, they can teach their students. Because although they are still young, but already they have a lot of pain 
and suffering in them. And we can, as the teachers, breathe in and out, generating the energy of mindfulness and help our students to suffer less. And that is a very beautiful thing to see. If teachers know how to do that, they can transmit the practice to the students. And then uh, holding the suffering and listening to our suffering, we will come to understand the nature of our suffering. Understanding suffering will always bring about compassion. And compassion is the fourth kind of energy born from mindfulness, concentration, and insight. Compassion has the power to heal. It can uh, transform anger. Anger makes us sick. And compassion is the antidote for anger. When you look at him or her, If you are mindful enough, concentrated enough, you can see a lot of suffering in that person. That person has a lot of suffering in him or in her, but does not know how to handle the suffering, does not know how to suffer less. And that person continues to be victims of his own suffering. No one so far has helped him to suffer less. That is why he continues to be victim of his suffering. And if you have suffered, you are only the victim number two. Because when you suffer, and if you don't know how to handle your suffering, you make the people around you suffer also, even if they are the closest people to you. So when you have a time and mindfulness to look into that person, and if you can recognize the suffering in that person, the difficulties in that person, seeing that he is the victim of uh, his own suffering, he is helpless, anger in you is dissolved because uh, your insight about suffering has brought in compassion in your heart. So getting in touch with suffering always helps us to be compassionate. That is mindfulness of compassion, uh, of uh, suffering. Mindfulness of suffering is a kind of practice that can generate energy of compassion. When you are mindful of his or her suffering, you begin to understand the suffering in him or in her. And that understanding removes the anger from you. And you don't have anymore the intention to punish him, to say something or to do something to punish him because he has there to make you suffer. So it is clear 
that understanding suffering always brings the energy of compassion. And the energy of compassion always heals and you suffer less. And when you suffer, you look at him or her and don't suffer anymore, it means you already have compassion in your heart. Now you can practice deep listening, compassionate listening to help him suffer less. The other person might be our partner, our husband, our wife, our colleague. And when you have seen the suffering in that person, you are motivated by desire to help him or her suffer less. And mindfulness of speaking, mindfulness of listening help you to do so. Compassionate listening and loving speech can restore communication and help you to reconcile with uh, that person. So if you can, uh, you can see the suffering in him or in her, you just come to that person and say, my friend, darling, I know you have suffered quite a lot during the past many years. I have not been able to help you to suffer less. In fact, I have reacted in such a way that makes you suffer more. I'm sorry. It's not my intention to make you suffer now, just because I did not see and understand your suffering. If I have understood your suffering, I would not have reacted the way I have. So please help me. Tell me what is in your heart. Tell me of your suffering, your difficulty. Help me to understand. And that is the kind of talking we call uh, loving speech. And if you have some amount of compassion in your heart, you can talk like that. In the beginning, you don't believe that you can talk to him or to her like that because you are so angry at that person. But now, as you have seen and understood the suffering in that person, you are more motivated by the desire to help him or her suffer less. So you can talk uh, like that with him or her with a language called uh, loving speech, compassionate speech. And that always can open the heart, the door of the heart of someone. And then you can, you can sit there and listen. And during the time of uh, listening, you maintain compassion alive in your heart so that you can listen for one hour or more. Because compassion protects you. Why? telling you things the other person may, may, may be uh, bitter, angry, and what uh, the other person say may be full of uh, <coughs> bitterness, full of full uh, uh, wrong perceptions. 
And what you hear might touch off the anger and irritation in you. And you lose your capacity of listening. But if you practice mindful breathing and preserve compassion in you, you are protected. Breathing in and out, you remind yourself that I listen to him with only one purpose, to help him empty his heart and suffer less. Therefore, even if he says wrong things, I will not interrupt him and correct him. Because if I did, I would transform the session into a debate and I ruin the session. Later on, in a few days, I may offer him or her some information to help him or her to correct his perception, but not now. Now is only listening. And if you can breathe in and out and maintain that awareness alive, you are protected by compassion. And you can listen for the whole hour uh, deeply, and that will be very healing to him or to her. The practice of uh, listening to the suffering has to begin with ourselves. We have to go home and listen to our own suffering. And then when we have suffered less, when we have enough compassion, we begin to listen to the other person. The other person is our partner, or our father, our mother, or whoever who live with us in the same house. And then when we have restored communication and reconcile with that person, we are stronger. And we can bring the practice to our school. We can practice with our uh, colleagues in school and our students because all of them suffer. The students might believe that uh, their teachers do not suffer. Only them who suffer, not their teachers. And we should tell them that that's not the truth. We school teachers, we suffer like you. But as I have learned how to handle my suffering, I suffer less now. And if you want, I can help you to practice in order to suffer less. You have difficulty with your parents, with your family, with your studies. And uh, we can spend time together and help each other to suffer less. So that kind of uh, deep listening and loving speech practice with, the, with our students help remove uh, the obstacles between teachers and students if they, if they understand your suffering they will not continue to make you suffer anymore and, and if we understand their suffering we will know how to help them to suffer less and together we improve the quality of teaching and of learning and the classroom become 
a very pleasant place to be for both sides. Massage your feet if you like. Massage your feet. I draw a circle. <coughs> I draw a circle representing the school teacher. The school teacher has uh, his partner, his son, a daughter, and son. So we are eager to help uh, our partner are the members of our family to suffer less. And we are eager also to help our colleagues in schools and our uh, students to suffer less. And we have, the we have the tendency of trying to do something. I want to do something to improve the situation. That's what we want. But according to this practice, we should not to be, to be eager to do something right away. The first thing is to go home to us. With the practice of mindful breathing, with the practice of mindful walking, we can calm down our feelings, our emotions. We can bring in a feeling of joy and happiness to nourish us. We can listen to our own suffering in order to allow the energy of compassion to be born and to heal. And that is uh, what we should begin with. And we can begin we can do that with the support of uh, co-practitioners, those who, who, uh, who, who, uh, who share the same kind of uh, insight as how to improve uh, the situation. And when you have uh, enough peace and joy and compassion and suffer less, you can, be, you can go to him or to her, your partner, the person who is closest to you, and help him or her to do the same. 
And of course, uh, the other person has to do like you. You help him or her to go back to herself and take care of the things inside. How to release the tension in the body. How to generate a feeling of joy or happiness. How to listen to the suffering inside and understand the suffering inside. The suffering inside of us carries within itself the suffering of our father, of our mother, of our ancestors, of our nation. And if you understand our suffering, I understand, we understand the suffering of our father, our mother, our ancestors, now, our nation. We suffer less. We have enough compassion to help. So after having helping people in our own family, we have a stronger support at home. And now we can begin to go and help people in our workplace, our colleagues, and our students. And the, the principle is very much the same, helping them to go home to themselves and take care. Always, we have to begin like this. And they can also help you to help other people. The principle is the way out is in. The way out is in. Uh, tomorrow we shall have a walking meditation together. And uh, there are those of us who know the practice, and we shall practice and support uh, those of us who are new in the practice. Every step can generate the energy of uh, peace, Every step can uh, release the tension in our body. Every step can help us get in touch with the wonders of life that can nourish and heal. And if we, are, we have enough mindfulness and concentration, we can touch Mother Earth. We can touch the kingdom of God with every step, very healing. And later on, we can walk like that at the railway station at the airport, from the parking lot to our school, and enjoy the kingdom with every step. I have arrived. I have arrived. Two steps while breathing in. Or if you like, you can make three steps. I have arrived. Arrived. Arrive. I have arrived is not a statement. That is a realization because you have to arrive truly in the here and the now with every step. We have to train ourselves walking in the kingdom of God. If you um, make two steps while breathing in, and then you may like to make three steps while breathing out. And you say, I'm home. 
and home. Home. So the rhythm is uh, two, three. I have arrived, I have arrived, I am home, I am home, I am home. In Plum Village, we, uh, we teach the children to do the same. And they begin to say, to teach them how to say, say yes. Breathing in, you say, we, we are teaching the children to say yes, because many of them say no, 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 no. There are so many things that you have to say yes to. The blue sky, the flower, uh, many things you have to say yes to. So breathing in, they make two steps and they say, we, we. And where, <coughs> while breathing out, they say, merci, merci, merci. So you can invent your own words in order to help you to concentrate. I have arrived, I have arrived. I am home, home, home are words that can help you to concentrate so that you can arrive truly. I have arrived, I'm home. And then later on you may change in the here, in the here, in the now, 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 because that is the address of life, the address of the kingdom of God. And later on you may you may say, I am solid, solid. I am free. Free, free. And that is not in uh, auto-suggestion. Because if you are mindful and making steps and arrive at every step, you are truly solid. You are anchored. You are established in the here and the now. You are not being pulled away by the past or by the future. So every step helps you to, to uh, cultivate more solidity. I am solid. I am solid. I am free. I am free. I am free. This is not freedom from political freedom. This is a freedom from the past, the future, our worries. Because as you are solidly established in the here and the now, you are free from the regret, the sorrow concerning the past, the fear, the uncertainty concerning the future, and you walk as a free person. From the parking lot walking to your school, you walk as a free person. You stop all the thinking, because the thinking removes you from the here and the now. And that is a noble thinking, a noble, noble silence, noble silence. There is a, a radio that is going on all the time called NST, non-stop thinking. And while sitting, breathing, and walking, 
we turn off that, that radio non-stop thinking and we enjoy more every breath, every step. And the healing and the nourishment uh, take place much more easily than with the thinking. That is the mental discourse uh, always going on in our head. So if you are truly focused on your breath and your step, you stop the thinking easily and you enjoy the kingdom of God with every step. It is a habit. It's like when you learn playing ping pong or tennis or computer, you need some training. So this is the same. And you get the habit of, uh, of uh, enjoying the, the, the breathing and the walking. We have that song, I have arrived. Uh, I am home, uh, in the here, in the now. I am solid, I am free. Solidity and freedom make you a happy person. A person who does not have uh, stability and solidity cannot be a happy person. A person who does not have any freedom from anger, fear, the past and the future cannot be a happy person. I am solid, I am free. That is a confirmation. Uh, in the ultimate I dwell, in the kingdom of God I walk. Shall we sing together? I have
So during the walking, not only we do not speak, but uh, we also do not think. Because uh, the thinking removes you from the here and the now. I think, therefore, I'm not there. And uh, we observe uh, what we call a noble silence. This is a kind of silence that is very elegant. It allows you to be fully alive, fully present, and enjoy every step, enjoy every breath. And when, when every one of us uh, breathe and work together like that, we can generate a very powerful collective energy. And that will penetrate into everyone and help with the healing and transformation. The same thing is true with uh, sitting together and breathing together. And the next thing we do is uh, to share a meal together, and that's called mindful eating. And we allow the talking to stop, we allow the thinking to stop, we just enjoy our togetherness and uh, the meal. Because everyone can uh, participate, can, uh, can contribute to the collective energy of mindfulness and joy. And during the time we, uh, we have dinner, we focus our attention only on two things. The first of, first of all is the food that we we are serving, that we are eating. We breathe in and out and become aware of the vegetable, of uh, the rice, of whatever we are eating. When I pick up a piece of carrot, I do it mindfully. I take one second to look at the piece of carrot. Only one second. One second is enough to see that uh, there is uh, the sunshine in the, in the carrot. There is the rain in the carrot. There is the good earth in the carrot. Time, space, the farmer, transporter, and so on. The piece of carrot carries within itself the whole cosmos. And one second of uh, looking mindfully can get you in touch, put you in touch with the whole cosmos. One second only. And then you put it into your mouth mindfully. Don't put anything else, like your worries, your projects. Just the piece of carrots. And get in touch with the piece of carrot that represents uh, the cosmos. In the, Catholic, uh, in the Catholic tradition, uh, celebrating the Eucharist, you see the piece of bread as the body of Jesus. But in this practice, we see the piece of bread as the body of the cosmos. Not very far. It's the same thing. And you get in touch with the wonders of life, the stars, 
the sun, Mother Earth, and the cosmos uh, have come to you in the form of a piece of carrot to nourish you. That is love. And when we show, we show only the piece of carrot and not our projects, our anger, our, our fear, not good for our health. So we can enjoy eating every morsel of our dinner in that way, thankful, uh, joyful, grateful. And then the second uh, object of our mindfulness is uh, the presence of uh, other practitioners around us. They are eating the same way, generating the energy of mindfulness and joy so that we be nourished not only by the food, but by the collective energy of brotherhood, sisterhood, peace and joy. Because eating like that can be very joyful. Although we are silent, but a noble silence is very eloquent. It speaks a lot about uh, uh, togetherness, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, and so on. So in Plum Village, we always uh, enjoy our breakfast, our lunch, uh, our dinner together. And uh, uh, eating like that can be nourishing uh, for the body and for the spirit at the same time. And uh, every time we hear the bell, the bell is a reminder. It helps us to stop the thinking, to stop the talking, and begin to be, to be alive in the here and the now, to come home to the here and the now. Uh, Sister Dao will, uh, will, uh, will offer us uh, half a sound of the bell. Half sound. That is a half sound. Again, please. That is a half sound. And when you hear the half sound, you know that a full sound is going to happen very soon. So you have uh, about eight seconds to prepare yourself to, uh, to receive the full sound. Uh, when you hear this half sound, you stop talking, you stop thinking, you begin to breathe in mindfully and breathe out mindfully. It takes uh, six, seven, and eight uh, seconds. And then you are now ready to receive the full sound. And the bell master, after the half sound, allow yourself, allow you to have enough time to prepare for the reception of the full sound. Please. That sound does not exactly come from the outside. It comes from the inside. It's the voice of the Buddha from the Gita calling us to go home to ourselves. 
is the voice of Jesus Christ calling us to go home to ourselves, to be alive again, to be uh, um, to uh, to to be resurrected again. Without mindfulness, we are not alive. We live like dead people. The bell help us to come home to ourselves with mindfulness. And mindfulness uh, is uh, the Holy Spirit. When we have uh, mindfulness in ourselves, we are fully alive. We are fully present to live our life. And mindfulness has the power to heal. And Jesus uh, is inhabited by the, the Holy Spirit. And in the Buddhist tradition, we see the Holy Spirit is made of three elements. Mindfulness, concentration, insight. And that will bring compassion to heal. So it's not something vague, uh, abstract. With the practice, we can generate uh, uh, mindfulness, concentration, and insight. We can allow the Holy Spirit to inhabit uh, us for the, for the healing and for the transformation to be, to be possible. So uh, during the time we sit together and uh, listening and breathe together, the bell help us to go home to the here and the now. And there is a practice called a deep listening. We don't listen with, just with our ears. We can invite all the cells in our body to join us in listening. The sound of the bell will penetrate deep into every cell of our body. That is possible. We know that all our ancestors, blood and spiritual ancestors, they are fully present in, our, in every cell of our body. So we may like to invite all of them to join us in listening to the bell and become alive again. We think that our ancestors are no longer alive. That is not true. They are always alive in every cell of our body. We can get in touch with them at any time we want. We can talk to them. We can invite them to walk with us, to breathe with us and to listen to the bell with us. So when you hear the, bar, the bell, you might like to invite all your ancestors in you to join you in listening. And listening like that can be very healing, transforming also. And the bell master is there to help us um, uh, go home to ourselves and enjoy uh, uh, breathings. Usually, when you hear the full sound of the bell, you practice the breathing in and out three times. Breathing in, you say, 
I listen, I listen. And if you have all your ancestors listening with you, you say, we listen, we listen. This is not a I, this is a we. We listen, we listen. And while breathing now, you say, this wonderful sound brings us back to our true home. Our true home is here and now. Our true home is the kingdom of God. Breathing in, I say, we listen. We are truly listening. Breathing out, I say, this wonderful sound brings us back to our true home, to the kingdom of God. And you enjoy breathing in and out three times. And then the bellmaster might invite uh, the second sound. And every one of us will have a chance to enjoy three more in-breath and out-breath that way. And three sounds of the bell means nine in-breath and out-breath. And a bellmaster, a good bellmaster, will allow ourselves enough time to enjoy mindfulness, concentration, insight, and compassion that will help heal us. <laughs> 